I'm going to spend some time with you today uh, talking about how to uh, put ClinCheck Pro in your practice in a very efficient way. The software is new, and because of that, there are so many things that you can look at, so many things that you can play around with. And in your busy practice, you might be thinking, well, isn't that the job of Invisalign? Isn't that what my tech's supposed to be doing? So why am I supposed to get involved, right? And so our learning objectives today are to understand what's the engine behind ClinCheck Pro that allows you to be efficient. Secondly, I'm going to give you some shortcuts and settings that will help you be able to visualize your setups a little bit more clearly, a little bit more effectively as you start to interact with the, the, the 3D model. And then, as I mentioned earlier, what are the areas that you should focus on that you could leverage this technology? And then where should you punt and give it back to the technician so you don't spend uh, too much time uh, playing with the model and getting down into the, the weeds? My name is Eric, and I practice in San Francisco, California. Uh, my history with Invisalign is somewhat interesting in that I used to work for Invisalign up until uh, last year uh, in the research and development department, and now I'm a consultant for Align and back in uh, private practice uh, more, uh, more frequently, I suppose you could say. So with that, we're very familiar with the classic ClinCheck process. So this is what those of you who have come to Summit before attended, right? It's like, how do I fill out the prescription? What do I need to ask for? How do I interact with the technician? What do I need to say in order to, to get the right setup? And you get the setup back from the technician, you look at it and you go, hmm, they missed this, this, and this. It could be done better this way. And so you spend a lot of time typing in text these comments. You write, some of you write essays, and you hope that your technician will get it. And then sometimes they get it, and they do a great job. Sometimes they still don't get it, and the cycle continues. And so the ClinCheck Pro paradigm is a shift away from you having to translate your orthodontic knowledge in your head into text so that the technician can kind of figure out what you're trying to say. What the ClinCheck Pro paradigm is trying to accomplish is, doctor, you know what you want. So for the things that are very obvious what you want, just go ahead and instead of typing text, just, just go ahead and click the tooth, move it to what you like, and send it back so that they can restage it, and you're done. That's a very efficient model, but you need to know what areas of the model to, to modify because, again, your job is not to be the technician. There are certain things that are much more complicated to change, and those things need to go back to the technician instead of you have, having you work on it. Now, the tricky part of a 3D model is it turns out there are a lot of different features that you need to pay attention to, and you juggle this very nicely. There are six types of movements per tooth, you know, rotations and translations, in and out, that type of thing. You times that by 32 teeth, you're thinking mentally of 192 different types, types of tooth positions every time you review your final setup. And then you add in the interproximal contacts, you, inter you add in the number of attachments that each tooth potentially could have, so on and so forth. Essentially, you're mentally thinking about 286 different factors every time you review a final setup. So there's a lot of stuff going on, not to mention all the intermediate key stages that are along the way where you now need to pay attention to spaces in between, so on and so forth. So my point here is there's a lot of things to think about. What we need to do with, to be efficient with ClinCheck Pro is to know really well what to control ourselves and what things to send back. Now, some of you have actually uh, heard about this. You maybe have heard about it at the booth. Uh, you haven't actually installed the software in your uh, uh, office yet. It's very simple. In your doctor account, you go to the support tab, and down at the bottom corner it says software downloads. You click that, and it'll take you to the ClinCheck Pro uh, 
menu on the top there. You click that and follow the installation directions and off you go. Uh, some of you may find that you don't like it, you want to go back. There's the, certainly the, the opportunity to go back to the previous one, but I'm pretty sure that once you start using ClinCheck Pro, you won't want to go back to the, the previous one. Okay, so then you go ahead and launch it. And the first thing you want to do, here's tip number one. ClintonCheck Pro comes with default settings um, that if you just do a few simple things, you will be able to see things that you didn't see before. So optimize your settings. And what I mean by that is my recommendation, and it should be in the handout, so if you didn't have a handout, you don't have to take notes, just raise your hand and we'll have someone bring handouts by for you. My recommendation are the following uh, changes to your settings. And the settings menu is in the top left under file, click settings, and you can change the background color, and I recommend a dark background. And for the color of the teeth, I recommend light colored teeth. And then there's two other settings called navigation, called freeform navigation, and the last one is to remove these settings for IPR. It's restrictions that they kind of put in these bounds. Um, I, I like to remove them just so I have more flexibility in what I can treatment plan with. Now, the reason for this is with default settings, this is what your ClinCheck will look like on the screen. You sort of see beige on beige. And when you have beige on beige, what you're lacking is contrast. We are trained to look for contrast in the facial surfaces of the contours of the teeth. And so when you have contrast, suddenly what pops out is the differences in alignment. And suddenly you go, oh, I wish I could push this tooth out a little bit buckly, a little bit more lingually, this molar needs to come out, things of that sort pop out and draw your attention a lot more quickly when you have this type of setting. Okay, so that's the first thing you want to adjust in, in your, in your uh, software when you install it. Now, you can also change the attachment color. They give you some menu preferences, and I kind of have two different thoughts on this. I think for efficient use of the software, when you're trying to very quickly make a decision, you want high contrast, so I prefer having the, the red colored attachment in, in the treatment planning in my office, if you will. But if you're doing patient presentations, you don't want to freak them out with red attachments. So I think in your consult room, you want to have the attachment color the same as the tooth. But if you have the attachment color the same as the tooth in your, uh, in your treatment planning room, in your office, it, it's sometimes you miss certain things, okay? So be sure to think about uh, the impression that your patients get when you're having uh, red colored attachments. Okay, second tip. Here's the second pointer. Learn the basic keyboard shortcuts. And what I mean by that is the engineers who programmed this uh, software, they've embedded uh, your computer keyboard to respond with, to interact with the ClinCheck so that you don't have to make as many movements and uh, be less efficient with uh, your session when you review the ClinCheck. Uh, two keys that you need to know, very simple, okay? The first one is the mouse control with the control on your keyboard. If you click control, on the keyboard, with the mouse or even the arrow keys, you'll be able to zoom in and out without having go to go to the, the zoom in and out lever. That can save you a lot of time. The second thing is the shift button, if you, makes sense, right? Shift, click shift, and then use the mouse, then you can move the model around, recenter it left and right, up and down. Uh, these hotkeys, if you will, will make a big difference as you do a lot more of these setups, especially those of you who are doing a higher volume of Invisalign cases in your office. Okay, so those are your first two tips. Let's talk really quickly about the key technologies, the engine, if you will, that allows this process to be very efficient. The first thing that the engineers have done, which is really amazing, is they have created what I call automatic alignment technology. So when you go and you interact with your uh, ClinCheck model, 
when you move that tooth, the adjacent teeth next to it will move out of the way so that you don't have to go and adjust every single tooth. That will save you a lot of time. It will also allow you to create setups without any IPR. You know, I think the thing with IPR is that this is a big chair time aspect. If you can reduce all the IPR to the extent that you could, that's a good thing. And sometimes we accept what is given to us by the technician as if the technician knows best, when maybe we can just look at the setup and see how it would look without any IPR, and that'll cut out a lot of the procedures downstream. And then finally, the software also allows you to program in spaces. For example, this patient happens to have a missing uh, first molar, and maybe it's going to be left for a molar implant, and so we can preserve that space and not move it around too much uh, in order to keep the treatment goal uh, consistent throughout the staging. Okay, so that's the first technology. The second technology is pretty exciting. It's called occlusion visualization. Uh, this is a, a model here you see on the left, which is the red dots that you see on the teeth. is like uh, red articulating paper. The contacts between the upper study cast and the lower study cast in this uh, picture here is greater than 200 microns, and the software now allows you to make adjustments to the tooth position so that the red heavy contacts, if you will, are taken down to uh, less than 200 microns. And then depending on your philosophy or your understanding of how you want the occlusion, you could go ahead and further refine that by adjusting either the lower teeth or the upper teeth, moving them out of the way, and get the type of occlusion that you prefer. For example, I like to have uh, no occlusion um, on the anterior teeth, but put the forces of occlusion on, on the you know, canine's back. But you know, everyone's going to have a different thing as to what they want to look for. The third technology that's in there is called anchorage control modeling. What this means is when you go ahead and add IPR to your setup, we know that for every force that pulls the teeth inwards, you're going to have the molars coming forward, uh, forward a little bit. And so you sort of get this one-to-one -one anchorage loss simulated in your setup when you do IPR in the middle, for example, uh, this is, I think, a more realistic view of what the bite will likely to look like uh, after you deliver the aligners and the teeth kind of pull together as like pulling a C-chain on the teeth, right? If you put a C-chain in there, you're going to get reciprocal movement. So they model that into the software so that you don't have to try to predict where it's going to be. However, if you are using elastics, interarch elastics or TADs to uh, create a high uh, anchorage situation, they're going to, in the new version that's coming out next year, they will have that ability as well. Currently, it's not built in. So if you are using elastics or TADs, the take-home point is to ask your technician to give you a high anchorage setup. In other words, remove the molar mesialization from the setup because you can't do it yourself in the current version. Okay? So those are the three technologies. Let's go ahead and look also at what do you want to have the technician do for you still. First thing. AP changes and transverse adjustments. Um, if you're going to take a case from a class 2 to a class 1, class 3 to a class 1, that's a lot of teeth you're going to be moving around. Okay, we saw earlier in the case shootout, there's a lot of complexity in terms of uh, simulating the re mandibular repositioning that takes place. Uh, currently in the version that you are able to, to play with, uh, you won't be able to do that. I think it's going to be a lot of work for you. So if you're taking any class 2s to class 1, class 3 to class 1, making any uh, simulations of the bite changes, that all goes back to the technician. Right? Tell them to set the canine, the molars, wherever you desire, class 1, and then adjust the uh, individual teeth. That's much more reasonable. Okay, the second area that is difficult is in transverse changes. Again, you're moving a whole bunch of teeth. You're trying to do expansion. Is it tipping of the teeth or is it translation of the teeth buckly? You know, eight, eight teeth, ten teeth in the upper arch, ten in the lower. That's a lot of teeth to be moving around. 
Um, I would recommend if you're doing reasonable amounts of expansion, just send that back, let them take care of it, tell them the coordination. You can tweak the occlusion if you want a little bit, but send all of that back. The second thing is staging. Uh, you want to pay attention to whether you have space in between the teeth as the crowded teeth are moving. You can see that incisor has a little bit of space, uh, mesial distal to it. Um, you are not going to be able to adjust the staging. Again, you want to send that back as a comment. Please you know, give me some visible space in between the lower incisor so that it, they're clear uh, as the crowding uh, is unfolded. And then the third thing that you want to send back and request is going to be the G3, G4, G5 features. So all the attachments, the power ridges, the dimples, the you know, pressure pad, pressure you know, zones, uh, uh, the, the new bite ramps, the precision, precision bite ramps, all those things are based on the final tooth position that you have built into the treatment plan. And so when you send back the ClinCheck that one last time for them to kind of clean things up, what they'll do is they'll reanalyze the movements that were built in and place the, the new attachments and all the features that uh, are now changed as a result. And so all those features are going to go back. You're not going to be able to control them. Uh, because it takes the computation of the computer to figure out what direction those teeth are going in and how to shape and design those features into place, okay? So let's take a look at the sequence in which you're going to do this. So tip number three, I'm going to give you the order in which I recommend you start looking at your ClinChecks when you play around with ClinCheck Pro. Okay, so tip number three is managing anterior alignment. And what I mean by that is simply the detail bends, as you will, if you will, of what you would do with aesthetics and and in function from, let's say, canine to canine. The first thing you're going to do is, when you open up your ClinCheck now, there's a little button at the top that says 3D controls, and you're going to turn the button from off to on. Simple. It takes a minute for it to, to, to load up, and what you'll end up with is tools that uh, don't exist uh, without the, the on button being on. So we'll take a quick look at a simple setup and just show you how uh, what, what anterior alignment uh, sort of looks like. Um, this is uh, a patient of mine that I pulled up. Oh, hold on just a second here. Okay, let's see if this is the right one here. One, two, three. Here we go. So this is the first one. You'll notice that uh, right here in the middle next to the comments, you have uh, the 3D controls that now appear when you launch ClinCheck Pro with the controls on. Now, the, for the purpose of this discussion, uh, we're going to focus uh, on the anterior teeth. Certainly, we could do more, but just for the sake of time, we'll go, go ahead and focus on the anteriors. The first thing I'm going to do is uh, lock in the IPR, and I'll cover this a little bit more. We go to the IPR tab here, and you have a couple choices, which is uh, keep, current, uh, keep current or allow uh, auto adjustment. I'm going to keep the current one, meaning that these IPR values are not going to be allowed to change as I move the teeth. Uh, we're not going to talk about whether or not that's the appropriate IPR for this particular case, but simply that I just want to, I want to keep what I have. Okay? Now, the way you make changes, this is the, the plan that was sent to me by the technician, and you'll notice that in this particular situation, tooth number eight here is physically longer than number nine. And so the technician is trying to figure out, well, where, where should I line up the tooth? 
So some of you say, oh, line up the CEJ. Some of you say, line up the incised ledge. So the technician in this particular case split the difference, right? So my guess is a third of you don't like the position, I mean, would have a different one. A third of you would say, I could work with it, and a third of you would say, no, move it the other way. And there you have the dilemma of why so many uh, multiple uh, uh, approvals and uh, modifications take place. And so wouldn't it be nice if you could just simply take the tooth and click the tooth that you want, double click it, and say, you know what? Let's intrude, uh, I'm, I like to have the CEJs lined up, so I'm gonna go ahead and intrude number uh, nine a little bit, and then I'm gonna just uh, tip it a little bit, okay? And then I'm gonna plan to do in incisal edge adjustments afterwards, and so I have no problem with the patient looking kind of funny in the interim, if you will. And so for that, let's say we could live with that, okay? It looks kind of strange, why? Because the tip of number seven looks a little bit off, okay? So we're gonna simply click that tooth. And notice the teeth sort of shifted out of the way when I, when I uprighted that tooth a little bit. That's the auto-alignment technology that I was telling you about earlier. And let's intrude this tooth just a touch so that the CJ lines up a little bit better with number 10. And simply with a few clicks, this would have probably taken the same amount of time for me to type the instructions to the doctor, I mean to the technician. And now this is what I, you know, obviously we could do more, but this is what I want. We could very quickly then go to the maxillary view and suddenly see, oh, guess what? There are some side effects as a result of those changes. Not a problem. We take the tooth, we move it out a little bit buckly, we bring this one lingually a little bit, and what will happen when I bring this tooth lingually, you'll notice that the teeth will also, again, automatically adjust because I mentioned there's the automatic alignment technology built into it. And so as you get better with this, this should take, what, two, three minutes. It's almost like you instructing your assistants, hey, you know, can you go ahead and make the changes in the wire? I'll come by and check it. Some of you will do that. Some of you now can start training your technicians or your assistants in your office. Go ahead and, you know, you know how we like the, the smile in our office, and I'll come by and make sure that it looks pretty good. And there you go. Now you're much more efficient in your office with doing your ClinCheck setups. Okay? So that's the first one. Um, take care of uh, anterior alignment, basically, and... Um, Let's go to the second one. IPR management. Now, IPR management, I think, is uh, one of these aspects that has a lot of downstream impact, uh, depending on how many contacts you have to do, whether the teeth have crowding or not. Uh, for example, I like to have IPR patterns in the following way. Uh, I get frustrated a little bit when the IPR comes back and it's not aligned with the bite, meaning that, for example, sometimes with class twos, you'll see IPR on the upper anteriors, and that would only make the class two worse. So uh, it makes sense to be able to go in there and change the IPR, so you have to type in, please uh, move the IPR, or delete the IPR, and then let's take a look at the setup. And as we know, sometimes the IPR might be a little bit too little or too much, and then it changes the bite. I don't like the bite, so let's go back. Okay. So having control of your IPR has a huge impact in terms of the quality of the bite afterwards and the amount of tear time that you're going to end up uh, putting into this case uh, to deliver the IPR as you had prescribed. So I really appreciate the fact that with the, the ClinCheck Pro, I can have direct interaction with the uh, IPR values and simply change them at will. Okay? So this is a, an, another case that uh, I got to set up back. This is an interesting patient because they've got this anterior midline asymmetry. If you look at the cuspid relationship on the right side, we have a kind of class three-ish uh, cuspid relationship, and then on the left side, uh, class two-ish. So you can appreciate that, okay, it kind of would make sense that if we're doing IPR for this patient that uh, we would have 
IPR on the upper left and the lower right. So th that does make sense, but you'll notice, oh, wait, wait a minute, we've got molar IPR. Um, that is a chair time killer right, right off the bat. So the one thing that I really don't like to have is any molar IPR. So if you guys get molar IPR coming to you in your setups, if you delete that right off the bat, you probably saved yourself half an hour to an hour of chair time easily, simply by just not doing it, okay? Now, there's gonna be some consequences of that we may have to increase the IPR elsewhere, but I can live with that, okay? So let's take a look really quickly now at how this uh, feature works. So with the IPR, what we're gonna do is, you're gonna go back to IPR, and we're gonna uh, allow changes. So the top, one, the top button is uh, selected here. This allows me to make modifications uh, to the IPR and, this, and the model will, will uh, adjust as necessary. And we're gonna get rid of this molar IPR and what we're gonna do is simply the dot in, the, uh, in between the teeth, this red thing here, I'm just gonna click it and it says remove IPR. I click that and away it goes. And notice what happened. The teeth now moved around a little bit to accommodate the fact that the IPR was removed. The automatic alignment technology kicks in and that's what the setup would look like without any IPR in that area. Same thing on this side, I don't want to do any molar IPR in the lower here, so I go ahead and click the interproximal area, the little dot, click remove, and off it goes, okay? And now we could take a look to see whether or not we uh, are happy with how things look. Uh, I don't want to go and deal with the alignment at this point because you saw that earlier. Uh, the point here is just to focus on the IPR. Now, some of you say, well, hey, can we go better with this? Do we need any IPR at all? Uh, maybe we don't need any, and the setup was built with it because at the time that I looked at the model, I thought, oh yeah, we definitely need IPR. But in reality, once you get the model back, maybe there was a, a, a fit that was better without any. And so we can quickly undo the IPR and take a look to see what happens. So down at the IPR area, we go to the bottom here, and it says, no IPR, so I click that, the software thinks through, okay, how do I reposition the teeth after I get rid of the IPR? And you'll see in, hopefully in a few seconds here, the IPR values will disappear. The teeth will then uh, replace, they'll, they'll, they'll move again. And this is what the setup would look like without any IPR, okay? So you can then take a look at this and say, hmm, do I like this, do I not like it? Now, let's say you look at this and you go, ah, oh, you know what, the lower midline's still off. This actually would be good to have a, a little bit of IPR. In fact, oh, this patient's got all these little missing papilla down below. So let's see if we can go ahead and maybe add a little bit. So you simply go to the area that you want. Now this is your ability to go, well, which teeth do I want to do IPR on? Which contacts do I want to do IPR on? Well, the cusp is a little bit far forward here. Let's go ahead, I'm gonna plan to do IPR here. So you click this one, you say add IPR. Whoops, I clicked the wrong one here. Sorry about that, remove. Um, let's go ahead and on here. Uh, oh, I put no IPR. Let's go back to uh, ability to edit. And I click this one in the middle. I add IPR. And now what you'll notice is um, IPR has been added and I can just dial it up as much as I want. Seven is too much. Let's go to half a millimeter and take a look. Okay. So now the position of the canine is where I'd like it. Maybe I want to extrude it a little bit as part of the treatment plan. So I could certainly go and click the tooth and move this up a little bit. And you can see how quickly we could then start planning for minimal IPR. Suddenly, we went from, what, six contacts of IPR, you figure out how long that'll take in your chair, and now we've dialed it down to one, which is in a highly accessible area in the front. A lot of chair time savings, a lot of efficiency built in, okay? All right, let's go back now to tip number five. Tip number five is occlusion resolution. 
Um, all these changes that take place to the study model will have an impact to uh, how the upper arch and the lower arch interact with each other. That, and your technicians, as they build in these setups, they're seeing this. They're seeing how the study models articulate. They're seeing the, the heavy contacts that are being uh, projected, and they're removing them out of the way. However, sometimes you want to refine that yourself. So what I recommend is, after you do the setup of the alignment, after you do the IPR management, take a quick look at the occlusion. It takes just a few seconds to do, and see if you want to deal with it yourself. Okay? So the first patient that we saw earlier with the minor alignment, this is her case back again. Uh, we, we finished the initial set of aligners. We trimmed number eight down, and now we're taking a look at the refinement. She's got a black triangle in between eight and nine. We want to deal with that with some IPR. Let's go ahead um, and take a look at uh, what, what occlusion resolution looks like for her. Okay, so this is the patient at the time of refinement. This is the proposal that I received back from the technician, and you can see that there is IPR planned for eight and nine to get rid of the black triangle. Um, and we're gonna just do some fine tuning. Notice that we wanted to intrude number nine even further in the treatment plan. Uh, we can do a little bit more adjustment. And let's take a look to see, based on what's proposed, what the occlusal marks ought to look like, okay? So under occlusion, there's an exclamation point here. Once you select that, you can go ahead and click Show Occlusal Contacts, and there you have it. So in this particular setup that was proposed, you'll notice that there is actually a heavy marginal ridge contact taking place here on this bicuspid. Okay, so you can go now into the tooth adjustment mode if you wanted to, to figure out, do I want to intrude it? Maybe I could distal root tip that tooth a little bit to get that uh, marginal ridge contact out of the way. Maybe it's the lower arch. So one, one tooth you can manage pretty simply. If there was multiple contacts that you wanted to resolve, what you can do is also then, under the occlusion button, down the second one below, it says resolve heavy occlusal contacts. And when you click that, what's actually happening is the software is now taking care of it for you. They're trying to figure out what's the best way to undo that heavy occlusal contact. And it's thinking, 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 which tooth can I move out of the way? Which one can I tip a little bit? And now it's actually not that we've lost contacts. There's actually a bug in the software right now where you have to go back and show it again. So let's show what happened. Okay, so that heavy contact in the mesial is now resolved, and then you can just look at the, the setup and say, hmm, do I like what I see, or do I need to go back and uh, refine it a little bit more? So I think this is a useful tool to, to help see what your, the impact of your uh, alignment is gonna do to the, the amount of work you have to do to resolve the occlusion at the end, and then just because this bugs me a little bit, you can go in there and certainly tweak this as well. And again, my point is not to tell you how, what kind of occlusal patterns you wanna have uh, in, in your setup, but simply to let you know that you have the ability to, to play around with it if you need to and uh, take advantage of the ability to see it, try the resolve automatically uh, tool, and then if it's too much work, you can always send it back and say, you know what, there's a whole bunch of heavy occlusal contacts here in the setup, can you please undo that for me? The technician will be happy to take care of that and post it back. Because you have to send it back anyways for them to restage it. So sometimes, what, I mean, not sometimes, what you want to do is just, when you make your changes, if there's something that you really don't want to deal with, what I do is just type it in, please res resolve the heavy occlusion uh, before you send it back to me. They'll take care of it, and when it comes back, you look at it, it's good to go, click approve, and you move on.
Okay? So don't get buried in the weeds. It's very easy to, if some of you are very meticulous about every little thing, get, I want tripoded occlusal contacts. And remember, this is still also a proposal, it's a simulation. Uh, I wouldn't rely necessarily that it's going to be exactly tripoded if you're setting up those types of contacts, but I think it's a lot better to have this than not at all. And so run with it because of that. All right, uh, let's take a look at a couple other things. And in fact, this is where she ended up. So we saw her in the beginning, after the first series of aligners, number eight was longer, as we expected. That black triangle in between eight and nine shows up. So we took a burr to the incisal edge of number eight, just for aesthetics, before we got the refinement aligners. And then we planned for the refinement aligners to get rid of the black triangle in between. And then afterwards, we made another adjustment to number eight, and with the black triangles out of the way, and she's done. This was a very simple treatment, like 12 months, okay? All right, so the last one is gonna take a few minutes to, to cover here, but I think we'll be able to take care of it pretty quickly. Is what's exciting about the ClinCheck Pro is now you have flexibility to be able to treatment plan all the auxiliaries that you may be integrating with your Invisalign treatment, right? So we just saw these cases presented at the shootout. Oh, the doctors are adding tads, they're adding buttons, they're, they're trying to treatment plan something that, that in integrates a high anchorage into their plan, they're trying to intrude teeth with auxiliaries. And with the Invisalign aligners, we know we can cut hooks into the aligners, we can have cutouts, all sorts of features that we can play around with. Uh, and you have now the ability to do that and not have to type a whole bunch of comments as to what you're looking for. So let, let me walk you through how that looks. But before I do that, I wanna share with you what you can't change, okay? So what you can control as listed in your handout are gonna be the hooks that are cut into the aligner. You can control the cutouts. You can control the traditional attachments. So as you know, there are the round attachments, the square attachments that many of you kind of sort of grew up with, okay? Some of you are still using that today. You can put as many of those on as you want. You can take them off if you want. You can move them around. That's, that flexibility is now given to you. Certainly, you can ask your technician for it. But if you want to do it yourself, that's available. But all the kind of next generation attachments that are based on your final goal and the measurements of the tooth movement that takes place, those are not going to be something that you can control. OK, so let's go ahead and do an aligners feature demo. Here you go. Um, this was a patient, in fact, I should have showed you the patient before. Uh, this was a patient that had a anterior crossbite on the lower two central incisors. Uh, and, okay, let me show it to you. I went too far. Okay, so this is the patient as she presents. She's got crossbite on the lower, inc uh, lower incisors and it turns out that she's slightly class three in the cuspid relationship, ever so slightly, just enough where that crossbite pushed her a little bit forward, okay? So in terms of the IPR pattern, our plan was to do a little bit of IPR distal to the canines between the first and second bicuspids to get the canines into a class one and fix the crossbite, very simple. Uh, and then we'll deal with uh, possibly this black triangle uh, at the time of refinement. So, if we do the IPR between these areas here in the lower, the challenge is gonna be that, well, we wanna make sure that the IPR is effectively used. We want to retract the anteriors as much as possible. We don't want the posterior teeth to slip forward. And so in this particular case, our goal is to build in some class three elastics to help facilitate the anchorage. 
And so with the ClinCheck Pro, what we can do is, if you go into the menu here, on the third one, there's a button that says Attachments and Cutouts. And now you see a menu of attachment shapes and a couple of lines down below. And what this allows you to do, for example, for class three configuration, what do we want on the right side? Well, let's say, hmm, let's go ahead and put a cut there and oh, let's put a cut right here. So that would allow me to do a class three elastic not too far forward so it's not as unesthetic. But now you notice the attachment is too close to the cut. So we'll go ahead and we're gonna move this attachment out of the way. And how much text would you have to write to get that before, right? Okay, so <laughs> simple, okay. Now that takes care of the right side. What about the left side? Hmm, well let's do the same thing. Okay, so let's go ahead and put that there. Let's put that over here. Again, we're gonna move that out of the way. Oh, maybe I don't like that attachment being there. Let's maybe delete it. So you just drag this attachment to the trash can and away it goes. Well, maybe I need more retention, so I'm gonna go ahead and put a little bit on the molar, okay? And move that around. So very quickly, you can kind of figure out what kind of treatment plan makes sense for the situation uh, and for the patient also. Um, you can be very creative with this. For example, let's say uh, you had a tooth that you needed to extrude. Let's pretend, and it's, you know, can't see it here, but let's pretend this bicuspid that you're looking at here, um, number 12, let's say it's high up and you wanted to extrude that bicuspid. So you could get creative, for example, and you can say, you know what, I wanna plan to put a triangular elastic in there. So let's go ahead and let's put this U-shaped cutout right there. And I'm gonna put in two hooks here. And so as part of my treatment plan, I'm gonna bond a button to that bicuspid. I got my two hooks underneath. Patient now wears a triangular elastic and as the, uh, the staging is going through, I'm extruding the tooth and we're good to go. And so this really is very flexible and the treatment plans that you have, they may change as you look at the setup and as a result of that, you may find yourself wanting to move things around and, and you can have fun with this and this flexibility I think makes it more easy to, to treatment plan your uh, more complicated cases, okay? So that being said, let's go back to this. We're actually pretty close to the end here. So that's what actually happened. So she wore her aligners, and what's interesting is, you know, it was really quick to fix the crossbite. Got six months of treatment, we fixed the crossbite. And now we're trying to figure out, well, what do we do? She's got all these black triangles in between because the years of trauma from the crossbite has basically, I think, put a strain in the, the, the perio in that area. And so she, the fortunate thing is she actually doesn't show a whole lot of the lower incisors when she smiles. And so our proposal at this point is probably gonna be, let's do a little bit of IPR in between the centrals and the upper and the lateral, and maybe a little bit of IPR in the lower to close it up a little bit. But she more or less got what she wanted in terms of the treatment plan, and so we're not gonna spend too much time in refinement. Took six months, maybe it'll take nine to finish it up, and there you have it. Okay, so in summary, before we get to the questions, if you have any, uh, the six step steps to greater productivity is, number one, you wanna be able to see the contrast in your setup. And the only way to do that is to have a high, a dark background and a light colored tooth. That will make the discrepancies in your setup pop out. There are settings on the computer keyboard that are built in that allow you to navigate and move around the models very, very quickly. That's the shift button and the control button, so use those. And then in terms of sequence, number one, uh, if it's a bite change, let the technician take care of that, but you should manage the simple alignment in the front, you know, tip torque, symmetry, up, down, all the things that you're familiar with as you uh, deal with, with your fixed bracket apply, uh, cases. Same concept, very quickly you can take care of that. Number two, you're gonna consolidate your IPR, get rid of IPR that you don't need to do. There's a no IPR setting, you can get rid of all the IPR very quickly, very easily. 
And then take a look at your occlusion, see if you're happy with that. If it's too complicated, meaning there's mul multiple contacts that, that you don't want to deal with, before you send it back, just type in, please resolve heavy occlusal contacts. They'll get rid of them before they send them back to you. And then finally, as you integrate uh, aligner features with uh, tads and elastics and buttons for your more complicated cases, the beauty of ClinCheck Pro allows you to uh, interact directly with the 3D model. And then if you have time, go to the technology pavilion. They're actually previewing the next version of ClinCheck Pro, which will have even more features. It's kind of the next generation for next year. Uh, some of you are thinking, oh, I really want to do the class two setup myself, and that's great. Uh, so in the future, you'll expect more tools, more features, more ways to streamline the process so that those of you who want to have more hands-on interaction with it, you can do it. Some of us don't say, let's, let's have the technician take care of it, but there's a happy medium in between. There's a solution for everybody. So with that, we're going to go and get into questions.